Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. According to the Global Partnership for Education, which is an organisation dedicated to education in developing countries, investing in girls' education delivers results. Girls can lift themselves and their future families out of poverty and ultimately help their country's economy. But when you've been brought up in a privileged country like Australia... How can you make a difference to something like education? Sarah Knight is the founder of Project Change International. It's a not-for-profit Australian charity, and it's been set up to empower women and girls in Cambodia, basically to get them out of the poverty cycle and independent. She's joined by Pa Lin, who is a student from Project Change. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Sarah. Thank you. It's nice to have you. Sarah, can you paint us a picture of what the Takeo province where you work, what's, what's it like there? Um, it's very different to Australia and it's very different to the city. So it's, it's quite rural. There's no um, concrete roads. There's a little bit of electricity. Most of the houses are um, just roofs. And then they'll have a bamboo um, side for walls. Um, there's no front doors. So the children run in and out of different houses, which is actually really lovely and something that we don't really get to have here um, yeah. anymore. Um, lots of chickens and animals running around. And there's beautiful trees. And one of the oldest temples in Cambodia, um, Chiso Temple, which was built in the 11th century. So that's beautiful. Wow. And Palin, your family is from that province? Is that yes. Right? Tell me a bit about your family. Um, my family, like, um, we got a very big family. So we have seven members. And I am a second child in the family. And I, I've got a brother, two little sisters. And I have a very old grandmother, but now she died. Yeah. And so in that, do you all live together? Yes. Yes? Is it crowded? Yeah, a little bit. But now because I moved to live in the city, Phnom Penh, and my two little sisters, they live with my auntie because my parents, they moved to live in the city as well because they work for other people. Okay. So, Sarah, what kind of unmet need did you see or did you think Project Change could give the community at Takeo? Uh, well, the idea of the community centre was conceived by Adrian, who was um, a family friend, and he unfortunately passed away before he could realise his dream. So I went over there um, on behalf of some friends to see what he'd been up to and what he'd begun. And it was a brilliant um, concept to have a community centre so the girls can come together to learn skills and also to study and not to have the pressure of being at home studying where you've got a lot of work to do, domestic work, or you could be out um, trying to support your family. 
Do the girls stay at the centre? Is that no. how it worked? So they come and do their studies and then go home? Yeah. And they'll be there for probably from 7am till about 7pm. Wow. Because it's one of the only places where they're uninterrupted by other demands. And um, they also come on the weekend. Not that we make them, but we can't <laughs> stop them. <laughs> Committed. It's No, it's cool. When we first started, they, they, they didn't come as often. And now that... They're really into their education and doing well. That motivates them and they want to be there. And the system itself, I noticed on your website, it seems like you've got a lot of locals that are uh, integral in in the centre. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I don't think it would work if I came in, you know, from a very different culture and tried to impose what I think people needed. Um, So Samoyed is our project manager. He grew up um, as a child during the Khmer Rouge genocide so and he had a you know a poor upbringing so he had always wanted to give back and to help his community but he hadn't found the opportunity and I just had the good fortune of meeting him I call him my modern Dalai Lama because he's so wise (laughs) oh what a brilliant person to have running the center do you feel the same Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say anything else. Well, um, Palin, how did you come to be involved at the centre? How did you come to study there? Um, actually, at that time, because um, some staff in the Project Chang International, like they came to my village, which is near the centre. And, uh, and at that time, my friends and I like was very excited because they just come to our house and the staff, just talk to my parents and luckily they offered me a chance to be like a part of the girls in the center. So you were pretty excited when that yeah, happened? Yeah, really excited. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when that happened? Um, I think around 15 or 14. And how old are you now, Palin? 21. <laughs> right, okay. So that's a long time she was our first. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> How exciting. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Sarah Knight, who's a founder of Project Change International, and Parlin, who was a student at Project Change, which is a basically a community centre in the Takeo province of Cambodia. And the aim is to empower girls and women to... Um, break out of the poverty cycle through education and learning skills. Palin, what sort of things did you study there? I study English and also like some lot our project manager, he touched us like computer because um, we grow up in the province so we don't really know about technology like smartphone, you know, even Facebook because like when I in here Australia like I saw a lot of like little students they had a very like smartphone so I thought they are really smart at it but actually because we don't really have that kind of like smartphone or laptop so I learned so many things I got a skill viewing in English and also uh, computer so I, I mean obviously I understand the technology computer learning another language which is brilliant why was it important as well for Palin to um, learn weaving yeah okay so a lot of the girls um, they don't get themselves into trouble but the problem begins because there's such a high um, rate of unemployment in in 
the Takeo province. So, and then there's a lot of children in every family. So there's not enough money to feed the children and to, to live. So generally what will happen is parents um, will borrow money, maybe from a microfinance bank. Um, you know, maybe there's someone sick in the family and they have no way of paying it back. Um, and there's a very high interest rate, which most of the time they don't know what that is when they're signing that document. So then, you know, there'll they'll be the threat that they'll lose their land, which is all they have. So, you know, the children will have to work. And there's little kids like, what, seven years old that are contributing to the family income. Wow. Yeah. I can't and even, even if, get mine to clean the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible when you see little kids around there. And it is safer in some respects walking around, um, you know, doing working and, you know, being on their own at that age. It's you realise how different it can be. In, mm, and yeah. so the weaving is a f- way that. What it. Yeah. So it, um, it, it gives them an income, which is a lot more than they'd be getting if they were doing, you know, physical labour. Um, and it, they can do it around their schooling. Mm. So they can, you know, start it and then they've got to go to class and they can come back and do it. We don't force them to do it, but they do get paid a good price per piece for Cambodian wages. And that just takes the pressure off because otherwise their family would be encouraging them to go to factory work, usually around 14. Would that be right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would. And, And out of those three things, learning English learning computers and learning how to weave, which was the hardest? Which I was think the most challenging? about technology. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, we all grew up without technology, even smartphone. You know, even, like, um, not really smartphone, like the type phone. Type yeah, but we don't really know oh, how yeah. to use it. So I think it's the harder one. The, yeah, like, so <laughs> even, I guess, Blackberries or even before Blackberries, any kind of uh-huh. phone, mobile phone. Yes. Wow, it's so interesting. Okay, well, how much difference has this made to your life, Palin? I think, like, um, I got off a lot of opportunities because if I didn't meet Project Chang International, I would work in a factory or maybe, like, because Cambodian people, they get married at a very young age. And now, like, lots of my friends... They go to work in a factory and get married with some children. <laughs> but luckily, I can go to uni university in Phnom Penh and I can speak English. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And what are you studying at uni? I study to be a teacher. Oh, brilliant. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and whereabouts do you want to teach? Will you go back to Takeo or are you planning? Of course. An- yes. <laughs> <laughs> because Cambodian, like, they don't really speak can speak English. So hopefully when I finish my university, I can go back to teach them for free or I get some pet job. But mostly I want to teach like to be a volunteer so I can help my people. (laughs) Oh, isn't that brilliant? That must just warm your heart, Sarah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a massive smile on your face. (laughs) It seems like it's all worthwhile. Okay. Well, if people are listening and they'd like to help, um, what ways can they help Project Change Um, International? Go onto our website. It's www.projectchangeinternational.org, and we have all our beautiful handmade um, products by our girls, handwoven with love. Um, each of our scarves takes about eight hours 
to make. Wow. And Are these the scarves that you're wearing? Yes, I did. Yes. They're beautiful. I can, you're, you. It's on radio, but they are beautiful. <laughs> we'll take a photo. Look on the website. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they're made on a traditional hand loom. So it's thread by thread. And um, Wow. Yeah, and we've got little baby beach ponchos up there. Um, some really cool things the girls have designed and, and chosen the colours of. So um, go online and purchase one if you'd like to support us. We also um, welcome anyone that would like to volunteer at any local Sydney markets helping us to sell our... Um, oh, brilliant. So you sell them yeah. in... Oh, that's great. So we do Bondi, Glebe every now and then, um, Kirribilli... And there's a few others, like pop-up ones. Yeah, brilliant. So, okay, so you, if you're in New South Wales and Sydney, you can get along to a market. If not, they're online. We do Newcastle as well. And Newcastle? Yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> getting out of the city. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming in. It's such a great story. And I'm so excited that you're going to be a teacher, Pauline. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. That was Sarah Knight and Parlin. They're both from Project Change International. And, of course, we will put all the information up on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. We're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.